What is up, guys? This is Pinzo back with another episode of the Nerd Hub podcast. This week, of course, I am joined by Mr. Safi. Hello, everybody. And this week's episode is a day behind schedule because of the 4th of July. We were unable to record yesterday, so you guys get this week's episode on Tuesday. It will return to normal schedule next week which uh, apologies but i'm sure you all understand family friends all that jazz happens on uh july the 4th and it just happened to fall on a monday this year so i do not apologize uh you know that's fair completely (laughs) completely fair they they can live with it i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not losing sleep over it you guys will live getting nerd hub one day later i promise you're you're not breaking your back for the for the fans for the content nope Man, relaxed, relaxed content creator over here. That's me. I got other stuff to create. You know what? That's fair. All right. Well, Safi, last week we talked about Ruby because Ruby had had a new, well, an air quotes new series called Ice Queendom come out. That's correct. A very Japanese version of Ruby, sort of re- remixing the, the first couple volumes of events with some new stuff. And then from here, it'll branch into non-canon. But uh, we decided that it it was fine, like it was it was decent. It was it was all right. Um, I, like I thought it was okay. It wasn't it was, anything crazy. No, I'm more uh, kind of disappointed. But as soon as they branch into new stuff, I think that it'll uh, get a little better. From uh... hopefully, I agree that yeah, hopefully yeah. it will get a little bit better. Um, well, Safi, this last week we yeah. also got uh, we got it was RTX, so it was Rooster Teeth Expo. So we got a bunch of information on Rooster Teeth stuff. I don't really care about most of it, but we got some more information yeah, on Ruby Volume 9. Most notably, we got a, like a four-minute teaser for, yep. for Volume 9. And Safi, you've seen, you've, seen the tre- you've seen the teaser, right? Uh, I read the summary of it, and that was enough to tell me I didn't need to watch it. Okay, well, it wasn't bad. Like, it is a teaser i think sure. that it sort of shows what's gonna happen but i think that it's gonna a tough volume to make teasers for if i'm gonna be honest i think it's gonna be hard yeah. for them to make teasers without kind of just telling us what's gonna happen i mean so, it feels like that happens a lot with a lot of teasers though right well i don't i don't necessarily agree don't with that so? i think maybe a lot of ruby teasers because the oh, writers no. don't know what's gonna happen huh all right, that's, I, so that's fair, yeah. I think that's that that can be a big one. As far as this one, the teaser was fine. It was nothing spectacular in my opinion. It wasn't groundbreaking. It was just a sure. Ruby teaser, which is unfortunately not surprising right now. Yes, and the more unfortunate part of this teaser in particular was that it gave us the release date, well, the approximate release date of Ruby Volume Nine, that being early 2023. All right, early 2023. When was Volume 9, I guess, air quotes, supposed to be released? So if Volume 9 had followed the same schedule as 7 and 8, it would have released in November of 2020. November of 2020. So it will be, I believe that's that's the correct date. It will be a full year. Two years. Two years be two years and a couple in like two months or whatever yeah yeah which is crazy that's a really long time to wait for a season of a show 
Are you sure it was 2020 and not 2021? It might be. Uh, let me let me check. That's an easy thing to check. That's Either fair. I think way, I, it's it delayed really by, it's by at least a full year. Which is a long time for something like Which is a like long time delayed. to wait for something like that. Um, but with that delay, do you think it's going to um, be good? Since they've had extra time with I'm, it? Sorry, just just a just a, a hint here. So I was oh. incorrect. It is oh. it was slated for 2021. So it will f- still be a full two years delayed. All right. So okay. So okay. Two years delay. Because yeah. So volume eight started in 2020, finished in like February 2021 or whatever that yep. was, and then volume nine was supposed to start November 2021. And will now start, we'll say January of 2023. Okay. Oh, so, so so a year and some change. Though. So a year and some change. So it's, I mean, it's it's a decent chunk off of when it originally should have come out. Correct. Yeah. And Safi, you've seen a lot of Ruby. I have. Do you think it's gonna be good? I I really want it to be good. I. It's it's the hope of what was that's sitting inside me, and I really just wanted to just get repaired a little bit because I don't know. The last few volumes have been there; they haven't been like bad, but they just haven't been what I've been looking for. You know. I agree. I don't think that they're the worst Ruby volumes. No, that was four and five. Four and five right? were and six were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, seven and eight were definitely a step above those three. They, they absolutely, they were absolutely a step up. I just hope that Volume Nine continues to step it up. It, I do think that Volume Nine needs to be a step above the last couple if they, if they really want to keep Ruby as something besides a meme. Yeah. Um. This is just, and this is here's a statistic that sort of, uh, this is just to show off. A little bit of uh i guess i guess the the amount that people care about the actual ruby story and characters and stuff like that versus Uh, uh just everything else about ruby yeah so on reddit i know that that that's a shame but i i do use reddit for a couple things and reddit on reddit so the uh, i i am in the ruby subreddit i i, I do right. browse the ruby subreddit a bit and this happened it's probably been five or six months ago at this point there was a big long thread that was waiting and waiting and waiting for the ruby nsfw subreddit to pass the primary ruby subreddit in members <sighs> And uh-huh. it did. It did about oh, six months ago. No. So there are currently more people that care about Ruby porn than care about actual Ruby and the story and the characters, etc. Oh well, that's so. That's a statistic. That's and it's not like five more people either. Like it's a decent it, amount, and the gap grows daily. That's unfortunate it's like it's it is a little unfortunate so i i think that ruby will end up falling into obscurity if this volume nine 
they might have one more if this one is like a slight step up they might get one more chance with volume 10 you know Mm -hmm. they just like they're they're on a line where they could end up just dropping into uh i don't even i don't even know just a just a bait section of anime do you think that if volume 9 doesn't do well enough that it, that they will drop it entirely? Or no. do you think they'll make volume 10 anyways? I think they will make 12 no matter what. You think they'll make 12 no matter what? I think what? they will make 12 volumes, period. Because that would be... Theoretically, volume 12 would be the last one, right? Because we spent three in Veil or whatever it... Oh. The, the, the first one. Three in the second place. Three... Well, kind of three in Atlas, and then three in Vacua would be 12. All right, all right. If that makes sense. Again, this this volume's weird because we only really spent two volumes in Atlas, and now yeah. we have this weird in-between volume. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that, they'll, that they will continue making it as long as it is semi-profitable. Sure, yeah, profit. I think they will I think they will continue, which stinks because if it just gets bad, I'm gonna be sad that they keep making it. Like I'd much rather yeah. have it end. That's fair. I'm completely fair. But in all of this is the again, we we've been talking about it, it's it's expectations. Yes. Ruby being delayed over a year is something that to me would raise my expectations i would expect this volume of ruby to be significantly better than the last one or the one before that or the one before that because they have had a full extra year to create this volume does that make sense no that makes that makes complete sense and i mean it's i believe i believe i want to say it's in that uh, form of media where it's a lot more uh, what moldable, um, editable, if that makes sense, than other um, media form, other 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 TV shows, if you will. I agree, and so the the thing about these expectations are that I don't know exactly how it is with Ruby, but with shows like Stranger Things or The Umbrella Academy, are the are the two other big ones I can think about. They were also delayed for this, you know, like two year time slot where they didn't have a new season drop. A lot of that was because they couldn't film because of COVID. They couldn't actually go to location and film stuff. Right. And so those shows, it I don't know if it necessarily lowers the audience expectations. I think a lot of people in the audience just have these higher expectations, period. But I, I think so. Yeah. I think it's just with a delay in general, you expect things to be worked yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. expect things I, to be happening during that delay. Exactly. But especially for a show like Stranger Things, where I feel like the audience cares a little bit more, like maybe they Google one more thing about Stranger Things before they watch it than most other shows. Oh, sure. I feel like I feel like audiences like that are maybe a little more accepting of the fact that there was like a 10 or 12 month period where these shows could not film. And so there's not actually an extra year put into this season it's the same it took the same amount of time to make they just made it a year later yeah and i think with those with those fans who are who are there and supporting that kind of a show they they know that that is what's going on they know the delay is the where they just cannot do work for that delay whereas other animated shows you'd think there'd be a lot more flexibility within that delay to continue doing work to continue um fine 
like the fine detailing. Yeah, like can you work from home on an animated show like that? I don't know. I actually have no idea if you can work from home doing that's doing an actual production quality yeah, show. I will say I know we've had in past in at least volume eight or maybe maybe seven. I know that we have had some of the voice actors do um, call in. It's that's uh, if you different. Want to call it that uh, you think that's, voice that's acting different? is completely different. You think, I, okay, I right, can right, record right, right. my voice and send it to someone else to put over ha. video. All right, rendering. All right. So, uh, modeling and rendering many right, different scenes back to back is much is much that different. that's 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 the focus okay all right, all right. okay the voice acting is for the majority of the stuff the voice acting is done before it's animated you know what that's fair actually because because they gotta because uh, they gotta match fair. up the faces i guess i just think a lot of the like storyboarding and whatnot you'd well, I guess they probably should have had that done. The storyboarding is also probably done being... considerably before. They realistically, the writers should know what's going to happen for the next three volumes. Also true. So they probably would have had storyboards and scripts started during volume seven for volume. They nine, should have. Right? They were probably starting voice acting for volume nine during volume eight. Also fair. I so, would yeah, imagine. All that... All that should have been done way. All right, all right. The so voice acting my... should should be should have been done like a long time ago. Unless well, they unless they rewrit the volume, unless they recorded it once and said that sucks and redid it. You know, like potentially, I guess. Which I guess we don't know if that's we don't happen, know, and I, I, we probably will never know. We'll probably never know. But you're right with the with the rendering, the animation, any of that other visual effects stuff. It's hard to do that. Yeah when you have your team of people all in different spaces true true so i don't know maybe they can do it from home maybe they just have you know a couple teams take a couple different scenes and go and you can get it done slower or something i don't i don't know exactly how it works i don't know but hopefully it's nicer my fingers are crossed that it's good i i've struggled through many many (laughs) volumes of ruby yeah uh, last volume was a slight step up. There was still some stuff I really did not like, but yeah. Yeah. I'm really hoping this one goes goes one more step up from from volume eight. That's fair. That's fair. I am still. I have my concerns with where the story is headed. Yeah, but that is. I think that's natural. Yeah, that's you know, we'll that'll be resolved once things come out. Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh. And Safi, along with these sort of like, you know, we talked about Ruby that's been delayed. It's going to be delayed for like over a year. Uh, A movie like Avatar, Avatar Blue People, Avatar with Jake Sully and whatever the other blue lady's name is. Um, Avatar came out in 2007, which is 15 years ago, by the way. It holds up so well, though. So it looks really good. And a lot of that is because it's very, very groundbreaking CGI at the time. There's a lot of practical stuff in it. It, I mean, it, it holds up for a reason. Like, there's a lot of love oh. put into the film to make it hold up. Same going with the Avatar sequel coming out. It, it, Way of the Water or whatever. Is yeah, that what it's called? I believe, I believe this was called, yes. So it's coming out later this year. It's I believe it's coming That's out in right. December. Yeah, and it uh, is going to be. I I believe in my in my uh, opinion that it will be another groundbreakingly CGI 
fantastic looking will hold up for another 15 years film God, i am i would be so excited if that's what happened well james so james cameron's the director he's the guy yep. who directed the first one he's directed a bunch of really really big stuff throughout the years he basically so he wanted to make the first avatar in like 1995 is when right. he wanted to make it and then That's at the time yeah. he was like the technology that i want to make this with doesn't exist yet i will wait over a decade for this technology to exist so that yep. i can make this movie and make it look good and then it slapped and then it, it slapped and awesome. it looks fantastic so he did the same thing for the second one <laughs> Which is totally on. That makes perfect sense. Because there was a lot of stuff that he wanted to film. Because you can film actors. They do this in Aquaman, and you can tell. In Aquaman, to get actors to look like they're underwater, you film them with not being underwater, either on oh. wires or stuff like that. But you can tell because like all the all the hair has to be edited later and all that kind of stuff to make it oh, look like you're flowing in water yeah. and stuff. So James Cameron's idea was to film basically everything in this film in water. Yeah. All the actors trained to be able to hold their breath for like many minutes at a time so that they could do these long takes underwater and stuff like that. I mean, it's a crazy amount of stuff went into this film to make it be able so that it looks real when it's underwater. And that the reason it looks real is because it, it's real. Yeah, it's going to look... So I'm really curious how it ends up being. Because he try he tried to make this sequel a couple years ago, right? He at least yeah, had the it was gonna come out to in try. like 2017 or something like that, and they decided they called it off. He was like, "Nope, it's not. It's not gonna be ready. We don't have what we need." We're gonna wait, and so now it's coming out. The, there's like three more sequels, of course, that are supposed to come out in the next like five years. Oh, he has been planning then. Yes, well, and he's had them all written for a long time, supposedly. Oh, well, I guess that's fair then. So we'll see if those actually come out. Um, but I think that Avatar is a really good example of expectations versus wait time. I mean, we've waited 15 years for for a sequel to this film that was left on a cliffhanger well sort of a cliffhanger potentially was... depending on how you look at it yeah depending on how you look at it like i i personally always viewed it as a cliffhanger but i know some people are just like oh yeah that's the end of the film he's he's a he's a blue person now which i like i can see both sides i, I, can, I can totally see that i mean i guess well, what's the what's the cliffhanger you know what what the hell happens next? That's what the cliffhanger is. You know what? That's fair. And I guess we're gonna get a lot of. Hopefully, we get a lot of answers. Hopefully, stuff, well, so. I don't even need a lot. If they actually make sequels in in a timely manner, I don't need all the answers in the first film. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it, I mean, it's been fifteen years. Like every, I think the expectations for the film are gonna be really high. And the question is, do you think it lives up to it? Oh, I I, th I think James Cameron's gonna live up to that um, original. I, like I also hope so. <laughs> I, I know I know we've talked about um, we've talked specifically like trilogies um, a couple episodes back. We did talk about trilogies and how I usually think that the second one's usually a little lower than the first or third ones. Uh, I know you've got a different opinion on that, um, but I think I think this one especially with this series and 
the dedication and love put in by the actor and the directors and everybody. I think it's, I think it's going to hold up really well. That's my hope. I, yeah, I hope yeah. so. Again, expectation right now. It's expectations, and I'm curious. We'll we'll talk more about it when it gets closer. Like I said, I believe yeah, yeah. it comes out in December. So I'm, I'm curious where it goes. I don't know at all what the plot is. I've seen the trailer, but like, I, I, I don't really, I don't really grab a large plot from that. Obviously, a lot of it takes oh, yeah, place yeah. in water, but Avatar Two: Way of the Water. Avatar I mean, it's, Three: it's about... Path of Fire. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, yeah. I think it'll be good. I think it, I think it's gonna be good. That's that's yeah, my yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my five months out from its uh, expectation is that it's going to be good. Maybe we'll get another trailer. That'd be nice. I would imagine we get one more. That's that, I th- that, I that believe they nice. usually uh, will release one closer to build more hype. That makes sense. There's I like know, first yeah, trailer and then there will be a trailer. My guess is that trailer drops, uh, like October, mid October. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Maybe maybe end of October, depending on when it comes out in December. Oh uh, sure sure. All right, but on the topic of movies, Safi. Okay. There has been a certain trend going around. All right, with I do. The I... Minions movie. Uh, Are you aware of this right. trend, Safi? I have seen this trend before, yes. So the trend is called hashtag gentle minions. Yeah, and yep, yep. the idea is that generally a large group of guys will yep. dress very, very sharply, very nice, like varying levels from like, you know, slacks and a shirt to like actual suits and stuff like that yep, yep. to go see the Minions movie, Minions Rise of Gru. <laughs> they, will, they will dress very well, go sit in the front row. And be generally speaking, uh, very, very applauding to the film, even though it's maybe kind of mid. You know, like, like you know what I'm um, talking about. You know, I haven't haven't seen it. Don't really know if I'm gonna see it. Probably will, but you know, heard here and there. It's just, it's an interesting trend that this would this would arise, and obviously, it started as a meme. Now some Absolutely. people are doing it less ironically, and I think I think it's funny. I think I think it's a good I think it's a oh, good I trend. Think it's great, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a really cool trend, honestly. I think I have heard a lot. I've heard some stories about people being very not yep. good movie watchers. Yeah, I've seen some this. seen some images of theaters with signs that uh, spe- specifically call ban out. It. Yeah, they specifically ban. Yeah large groups of well-dressed men yeah and and uh, reasons for that are like i've heard stories of things where every time Gru talks in the movie you know they're like shouting and applauding and pulling bananas out of their pockets and you know like throwing shit everywhere and stuff like that and they're kind of ruining it for some people outside of those people yeah i think think the the uh, yeah those are those are kind of the far end i think the idea of having a group of guys dress up really nicely to go to a movie as a meme like one of the better memes i've seen recently that's great yeah like it's just it's not it's not harmful to people it doesn't it doesn't necessarily detract from anyone else's viewing experience on its own Uh, i should i should hope not if they're actually going to be gentle minions about it yeah. If they're going to be gentle minions about it, then they won't disrupt anybody's uh, anybody else's watching. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. 
it's it's just like i like the trend i think it's good i think it should happen for more movies actually absolutely like I think james great. bond how did that not happen for a james bond movie that is surprising actually now that you mentioned that you'd think right but i i like it maybe it'll become a thing more moving forward like more movies will get this this treatment i i have seen some memes talking about how the uh what's it, the the sony team pulling out their hair for how the minions is getting memes and lots of views and yet morbius got lots of memes and no views and zero views yeah 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 it's it's all interesting so actually sorry quick tangent this is a, oh, this is a pinto okay. tangent on the on the Ca- sign on the side of morbius all right careful careful on the length of the tangent but uh it will be it will it. be roughly 30 seconds long oh, um, oh feel free then so today i i am big cinema sins fan and yep. today cinema sins released everything wrong with morbius uh, oh no and so i woke up and i was <laughs> i was going to watch this video uh, and i legitimately guessed like the top 10 comments before ever clicking on the video and it was just one of those moments that i knew that everyone else was thinking the exact same thing as me and cinemasins guy was in on it and it was it was top tier i'm not gonna lie it was just like a meme community surrounding morbius all coming together on cinemasins comment section sounds about right it was a good click worth it what uh what were those top comments? It was exactly what you think they would be. I was kind of what I expected. You don't actually. like you don't have to think nope. hard if you've seen a Morbius meme, you know what the comments are. Yeah, I was uh curious if that was broken up at all, but no, nope. no, all right. Not at all. It is, you know, it that is makes exactly sense. what you what you are thinking of right now. So, yeah, I I thought it was interesting. The Gentle Minions, I'm a big fan of. I hope more movie trends, more harmless movie trends come come into that kind of light. I think those would be a lot of fun to have. So I think it's fun. It adds some it adds some spice to, to a lot of things. Absolutely. Alright, well Safi, we've talked a lot about D D recently. Well we have, yes. Yes, and uh one of the things that, that comes up a lot in many D D things, especially at the beginning of campaigns and stuff like that, is uh like broken classes, min maxing, mm. power gaining, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So just to start this off, Safi, do you have do you have what do you, what do you think like most broken or maybe top three like broken archetypes? This is five E, I guess. Uh, so top three broken archetypes in five E. Yeah. Um, I know we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I believe one of the ones I the one of the ones I remember actually liking and we talked about was the Twilight cleric. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how broken that is, but I know we talked about it being very strong. It, it, I would consider it very strong. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I believe we spoke about the Gloomstalker Ranger archetype being one of the better archetypes. I think it's the best Ranger archetype. Where that but lands not... it on an actual tier <laughs> list, I don't know. <laughs> I do think that it it's it's by far the best multi-classing ranger all right, archetype i don't okay, know okay. How, where it lands on a on a tier list all right f- fair enough fair. okay uh, so may- maybe not that one um and i guess i feel like the other oh you know what no, no, no i know blade singer the wizard archetype blade singer blade singer is pretty strong if you want to make a melee wizard that's right that's right and i feel like we talked about the barbarian archetype 
totem warrior bear i want to say just giving you resistance so, uh, to everything. yeah so for my my top three would be uh number one twilight domain cleric as a dm this this cleric is uh atrocious to play with in the party they can give your whole party really a op dark vision they uh they can basically give any creatures like you can't throw anything at the party that doesn't have dark vision is basically what i'm saying but also that anything that does have dark vision if you throw it at the party in the dark the party can see it anyway thanks to the twilight cleric so it it makes it hard to dm with the twilight cleric in the party uh, i think that's my favorite domain honestly is twilight it's domain. interesting I think, I think it looks really cool it's Just, a it's uh, an like, interesting aesthetic for sure yeah and again, I look at things from an RP standpoint, like yeah. a role-playing standpoint, rather than just a, how broken can I make this? Yeah. No, um, I I would consider Twilight Domain Cleric probably, in my opinion, like, at least top three. Like, as a DM, it's going at, the, at number one on my list. All right, fair enough. Number two, I'm going to give to Path of the Totem Warrior Barbarian. They... It really doesn't matter which one you choose. If I had to pick one specifically, it would be Bear. Uh, because Path of the Bear is the one that allows you to, while you're raging, you take half damage from elemental sources as well as yeah. physical sources, which is broken. Mm. It's disgusting. It it just it makes it so that even if you're like, hey barbarian, you know, roll a roll a dex save for fireball, like they they take half no matter what. Even if they luckily you know pass a save if they roll a high if yeah, they roll a yeah. high save then they're taking quarter damage while they're raging it's it just makes it impossible to kill a barbarian if they take path of the bear the other one the other totem warrior paths are still very very good um like eagle especially is like oh yeah you can see everything for like a mile which is kind of a ridiculous thing to get kind of nutty it is yeah and so there's those are are definitely my top two past that it gets a little bit muddled i would say my my next one might be just like college of lore for a for bard really just if you want to i know in our campaign on on saturdays our 5e campaign mm -hmm. we we have a uh an arc arc uh I just yep. lost. What am I trying to say? Uh, you're trying to say Rustlin. What's Rustlin? <laughs> uh, he's the uh -oh. class. I can't think of the name. It starts. With I keep pointing. I keep wanting to say Tinker. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Hold on. I'm. I want to say Arcanist and Alchemist, and those aren't the correct words. Also, give me a second. I'm on Wikidar right now. Uh, Artificer. Artificer. He's an artificer. I don't, sorry, I don't. I, that word was not coming to me. Um, however, so our artificer currently has like, as as far as tool checks are concerned, he has a you know a plus twenty six to tools checks or something ridiculous. That's that's College of Lore bards on like half of the checks in the game. You on top of getting actual good bard stuff you know 5e bards are are actually good you get you know cutting True. words you have a lot of support spells you will get uh 
reliable talent, I, I believe is what it's called, that's like, oh, you can't roll below a 10 or whatever, that kind of stuff. Oh, right, or jack yeah, of all yeah. trades is, is actually, I believe, what it's called. They're very good. You get a lot, you, you get to be proficient in a lot of skills. I think maybe not in combat they're the most broken, but might be the most broken out of combat class in the game. Yeah, I was going to say they are probably more of a... It's the best skill uh, class in the game. Yeah, yeah, best skill class. Uh, so they they present other problems for DMs. <laughs> um, as I far as know. these powerful classes go, as you said, like Twilight Cleric is a cool class and it can be fun to play. Same with, same with College of Lorebard. I think yep. you're really only building, you know, uh, Path of the Bear if you want to be broken. I don't, you know, that kind of thing. I think some of these are sort of end up exclusively power gamey. Do you think? I... Do you think min maxing and power gaming is is that bad? Like, does it well... does it inherently ruin a campaign? So I've actually had some good discussion with uh, a friend of mine about this. Um... I, I am in a Sunday campaign that I've been... This is our third campaign I've been with them. It's been a couple years now. Um, the last two campaigns I was in, there was at least one, if not two, uh, min-maxed characters in the party. All right. um, and out of... How, how, how big is the party? A party of, I want to say, five or six. Okay, I, okay. So, like, a third of the party is, is power gaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I know in the first campaign I was in, um, I was unfortunately part of that um, unintentionally, which I feel like is something that also needs to be brought up, is if you're making a new group and they want to be a barbarian and they're like, I want to be a bear totem barbarian because I think it'd be cool to not take as much damage because I don't want to die all the time, you know? I do Rather think there's a difference at... between being a noob and not knowing and, and knowingly planning like a 1 to 20 power game. Yes, yes, big difference there. Um, and I think that should be, you know, noted, stated, whatever, moving on. Um, so you unknowingly got power gamed. I did, I did. I was, I, I knowingly was trying to have, the, this was in Pathfinder 1st Edition, so I had like a 40 AC on purpose, because I was trying. I then unfortunately started one-shotting things by accident. Um, okay. Which I didn't want to do, and it took away from people's enjoyment of the game it, everyone it, it, that doesn't get to one shot the monster feels like they're not doing as much exactly which happened in the second campaign as well it was a diff it was two different people two different characters but it still was well in that time you were on the receiving end of it yes the, the second time i was not the overpowered one i actually made a very i actually made a very poorly balanced character like not in a good, <laughs> i didn't make a very useful character yeah i just um, I ended up pretty weak yeah, it's a Pathfinder first edition. It happens. Stuff. Well, it happens. It does. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes oh. you're like, yeah, this sounds fun, and then you're like, I don't do anything. Oh, it's like, oh, I want to start these three feet trees, and I can't complete any of them, and now I don't do anything. Yeah, not great. Um, but it took away from a lot of other people at the table because yeah, you know, we'd go into a. It happened in the big boss fight, last two campaigns. The final boss it fight. Would, Final, final boss fight of the campaign. We'd walk in, the first two people to go would kill it. And that's it. No one else would get a turn. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think there's a way as a DM... So this is obviously a very... This is a, a hard DM problem when you when it's you end up with power game people. Because your options are... Give the monster 1 million HP. 
or yeah. 1 million AC. Yeah. And so the the thing is, if you give it a million HP, those people that can do crazy amounts of damage in one round feel less useful because they just did a million damage and the thing's alive. Mm-hmm. The other option is give it a high AC in which probably only those power-gamed characters can hit it anyway. Yeah, so either way, any of the non-power-gamed characters feel completely useless. They feel useless, because if you're not power-gamed, you either won't do any meaningful damage, or Or you will will not be able to hit it. On -hmm. top of that, if you have a character with a really high AC or something like that, or you want to pose a real threat to the party, if you give this thing a higher to hit so they can hit the tankiest people of the party, is it going to just slap the shit out of the lower people? It, it absolutely will. Exactly. So you run into this, do I end up TPing, TPKing the party instantly? Do I not do that? Does the boss fight feel really drawn out because they did, because it ended up where the boss had 2,500 HP? You know, it's it's yeah. tough as a DM. And I think that's one of the DM things where you really have to sit down with that that one or two power game characters and go, look, I know you want to have a strong character. I need to nerf you. <laughs> but can you please do something a little different? So, and I, like, I as a DM will make sure that you don't feel useless because you're not upping your power game. Yeah. Like, maybe you're level 15 and you're, you're not getting the last five levels of power game. I won't make you feel useless but I want the rest of the party to feel like they can do something. Yeah. So can we can we work out how to not power game you? How do we drop you guys down with, without yeah, yeah, yeah. making you useless? Yeah. How do we how do we keep you where you're at without you getting infinitely bigger? Right and now? I well, and I think a, a, a large part of that can even come from hitting it when it's beginning. As soon Absolutely. as you notice some, some kind of very powerful character coming about. I think that's the time to talk to that person or do something about it in game, something like that, where you can stop it before it gets bad. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think now with this third campaign on Sunday, it's a lot easier to not do that because we're in a different system. In in first edition Pathfinder, it is really easy to just get incredibly strong. Well, and it's, it's a lot harder. It's in kind edition. of a Pathfinder period thing, right? One eh, in one I, e, I in one e at least. Definitely I mean, like, in one e. Every every level twenty ability in one e is basically just world breaking. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. So it really like it gets to the point where it does it doesn't matter what your build is. <laughs> You're going to get some broken <laughs> abilities that will that will make it hard, and I think that I, that's a big reason that our campaign, that the Saturday campaign, switched to five E, is because as a DM, I did not want to come up to the point where I could not handle the party. That's fair. That's I fair. want to be able to. I don't need to micromanage you guys. I don't want to tell you guys what you can and can't do. But I don't want get to get to the point where I literally feasibly cannot handle the party on a good level for everyone. Yeah, where it's there's too much going on in each character. I don't know what your character does. You barely yep. know what it does, and it <laughs> it also somehow does five thousand damage in a round. That's the part that that's what I was yep. trying to avoid. And in five e, I think that five e is set up to be a little more simple, and it avoids a lot of those problems. I think it's I would say it's harder to power game in five e. 
I would say there's still ways to do it, but it's a lot more difficult. I would agree. I like you have to really commit to it in 5e. Yeah, definitely. Most and, of the time. And depending on your DM, I know there's one um, nuker build where it's like rogue, paladin, something uh -huh. else. It's like it's yeah, got three yeah. multi-class build. If your DM is like, why is your rogue also a paladin? Your build's done right there. Because exactly. why would you ever multi-class? It doesn't what? make sense for your character. And me as a DM, I... I don't mind if a character, if one of my characters says he wants to multi-class, all I, my only response is come up with an in-game reason. Yeah. Have, have which, something in-game has to lead to you multi-classing. Which if it doesn't make sense, then it's like, well, then why are you doing it? And then the other thing is, you know, you get, you get things where it's like your character has been in the Underdark for a month. Where did you learn to become a ranger? right it's especially if you're if your favored terrain or whatever is not the underdark like how did you just learn to become a ranger of the mountains like maybe it makes sense to be a ranger of the underdark yeah i mean and stuff like that happens you know if you uh i think the most common one maybe is paladins where you can become an oathbreaker paladin Oh, yep. If you break your oath, like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's easy. And technically in 5e, you can switch your archetypes. Generally speaking, at will, it takes what? time. Yeah, so, so you can spend like a month in game changing your archetype to gain, the, to gain the full opposite, of it, to gain the full other abilities of a different archetype of the same class. You're telling me I could have dropped this bad archetype ages ago? Uh, uh, not necessarily. I mean, maybe. I don't think there's anything wrong with Arcane Archer. It's not that bad. It's, 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 just, listen, it's, it's it, just my stats. It, I don't even think it's your stats. I think it's. I think you it's really? just fighter past level eight doesn't get anything but stat you increases. Know. Yeah, I guess. I, I think that's, or I guess past ten, you get your third attack. I, th I think that's mm. what it is. You just you got really strong really fast, and now it's starting to level off, and you can feel it. Well, the, I. I think the big problem for me is that DCs are not the same, and I I really had a I had a 14 DC for my save for multiple levels. Yeah, it's and an interesting don't mechanic. Pass that. But don't so pass that DC. Yes, you can with DM's permission spend a bunch of time in game to change your archetype. The exceptions to that, generally speaking, are uh, paladins that. And again, all, all DM discretion, if you yep. come up with a reason for your DM for you to switch an archetype faster, by all means, send it. It's your game. One of the big exceptions is Paladin, where you can you can basically turn to Oathbreaker Paladin overnight. Uh, yeah. Sort of. I mean, like, obviously, you know, flavor it in your own game however you want. If you break your oath, technically speaking, kind of an you're an Oathbreaker oath Paladin. <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's kind of said and done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but and the I, other the other big one is you know if you're uh in an oath of glory paladin and someone kills your wife you can become an oath of vengeance paladin really quickly because you want to get right. vengeance you know yeah that's fair um but, but yeah i think that that's one thing i'm very thankful for in our 5e campaign is that no one in the party is inherently power gaming i think that's also because most people in the party are learning the system I think that helps. So there are some powerful power characters game. in the party. Sure, but that's not because they purposely power gamed. No, and that's not exactly what I mean. I mean, like, okay. played optimally, they could be oh. much more powerful. Things like Circle Fair. of the Moon Druid 
is prop is like might be top five on my archetypes list really played properly yeah impossible impossible to kill as a dm a circle of the moon druid past level six should literally never die they have an That's extra 80 hp at level six if they use two beast mm, shapes true it's so so yeah so stuff like that um you have things like uh giving an artificer a gun you know? oh, i want the artificer to give me a gun that'd be hilarious well i mean just things like that can make it can make a not powerful class more powerful um, I need to work with you on the artificer giving me a gun that uses all of my attacks to deal dam- a lot of damage. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, uh, yeah, next I campaign. know. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, you know that's fair. Um, but on the topic <laughs> of classes, Safi. Okay. Wizard classes. Hogwarts uh, Legacy. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna Sorry, talk about, like, that, was, that, was, that was my and, segue. Like, I thought I had just... something better for a minute, and that's that's what it came to. It was uh, like, Hogwarts right, Legacy got it, got has it, released no. a trailer, one full trailer. This has been a while ago, but I we're just getting to it. I mean, um, hey, can't get stuff right away. So Hogwarts Legacy, for anyone who doesn't know, is going to be a very in-depth Harry Potter RPG. I am assuming there will be some MMO components just because every game nowadays has MMO components uh, or I, some kind I, of multiplayer. I mean, like, even I Elden Ring has multiplayer. Well, okay, but that's, that's a little different. All Souls games have, has multiplayer, technically. Well, yeah, but is it is it called in just RPG? Is, is Elden Ring labeled as just RPG? Or just, I mean, it's not labeled as it, an MMO, right? It should just be an RPG. Yeah. I, guess I, I guess I don't know. My point is that it'll probably have some multiplayer where you can play wizards with your friends. Because that makes sense. It'd be fun. It, it's more fun with friends. That'd be pretty fun. So, but, so it's it's this RPG, very in-depth. It's set, I don't know, it's set before, uh, like, like a hundred years before Harry Potter or something like that, I believe. Oh, uh, dang. Yeah, so it's set in the past. Um, there's a lot of things in there that's... Uh, are very just rpg like there's a lot of crafting there's a lot of making potions um but it's interesting because you have things like going to class i'm assuming that's how you'll level up skills we don't know all Probably. the details but it would make sense that going to potions class would level up your potions skill it makes sense yeah and you have you know uh you learn different spells that do different things there are creeps on the grounds that you can kill that i'm assuming drop stuff give I don't know if there's what the XP system or whatever that's like is like. We'll find out. Sure we'll find out. We, we don't have a lot of details other than it's supposed to be very in depth. Which is good. Which is good. I almost hope it's not going to be an MMO because I feel like that would take away from a lot of. I feel like in a lot of MMOs, it takes away from the the cutscenes, the visuals, the talking. It just like well, I think lowers that. Like I don't my know opinion why. for things like that in MMOs, I understand what you're saying. I think it I think it makes the experience feel less real. Like it 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 pulls yeah. out some some of the immersiveness of of a like a true RPG which which I think I uh, as much as I think it'd be cool to have a less of an MMO and maybe like bring your friends in and just Yeah, like, like a mul- like a, like an Elden Ring multiplayer. Uh sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. Ish. Uh 
I guess I don't have anything better to compare it to. So yeah, like yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a closed multiplayer. Yes, yes, not not a massive, but just like let yeah, me bring you three can of my you can have you can have three friends and you hanging out in a castle at Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. The, there's supposed cool. to That's be there's supposed to be like a the map is supposed to be super in depth. There's supposed to be a crazy amount of secret passages and things to discover and rooms to discover and people to discover. It's it's supposed to be crazy. They did say that I believe they said this is this might not be true anymore. I believe when the trailer okay. came out, they were planning on having Quidditch in the game, but it was not going to be in the game on launch. So that would be it'd be really cool to have to have. I don't think personally, I don't think you could make a Harry Potter game that doesn't Without have Quidditch, Quidditch yeah. in it. So is this going to be the multiplayer where it's just going to be, all right, I'm going to play Harry Potter, and in this Harry Potter game, I'm going to go play Rocket League? I, I don't think that's a bad idea, though. Like, that would no, be yeah, a good yeah, no, way to all. add to the to the sort of, if you want to, it to have MMO components, would be a, a thing like online Quidditch would be cool. That would, that would be pretty cool, actually. But I do cool. believe that they said it will not launch with Quidditch, though it okay. is very much in their plans to put it in the game. Please no DLC. Please no viable DLC. Yeah, right. I. Uh, you, I'll pay the sixty dollars. Right. Just give me a, give me a sixty dollar game. Give it. Give me all the stuff in the game. Let me pay for cosmetics. Do whatever. Just yep, give me the yep. game. Um. Do you think that? Like, would you play it? I, I don't yes. know how how RPG heavy you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. This I, is a game I, that I would get. I'm a I'm a very sing, I'm a very online competitive game person, but this is a game that I would get. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I, I will say I hadn't watched the full trailer. Went watched. I speed watched some of it. It looks really good. It looks in depth. It looks just. It looks immersive. It looks. It does. It looks very it, immersive. It's gonna make me feel like I'm there, and I'm gonna like it. And I think that is something that specifically Harry Potter games have struggled with in the past is immersiveness because uh, Harry sure. Potter games suck I don't know if you've ever played oh, an actual no. Harry Potter game I have from, only seen like PS2 any Hagrid. any of them <laughs> only only ever seen PS2 Hagrid see so there's PS2 Hagrid my the, the Harry Potter game that I've pl actually played the most of was mm. the PSP Harry Potter game. I think it was very similar, if not actually just a port from the PS2. Yeah, probably. But they're just they're bad. They they end up being weirdly story driven because it's hard to give give a character like choices in a game like that and have them be impactful in a very single player or, game. Yeah. It's almost kind of like playing playing something like Red Dead Redemption. Where it's like you have some choices, but like ultimately, as you learn, like the game gives you the skills is kind of my point. Or, or I, I don't know, don't... Tomb Raider. The skills unlock as as you play the game. You don't you don't really get to choose what when you unlock ice climbing. Like it's just uh, it, you, it just gives okay. it to you. I, I think I understand a little bit more what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's just they struggle to give you an actual character with with real personality and and you get to make more choices they struggle to immerse you in the world of harry potter and i think this one will be different my hope is that it's different um i think that it will 
no matter what actually i think it could be far below my expectations and i think it would still be the the one good harry potter game that exists when it comes out i think it's supposed to come out later this year oh really okay now yeah i, I want to say it comes out in november maybe it's that it's at the that... end of the year but somewhere around there it looks like a game that i would absolutely buy and play and especially if you can play it with friends i think that would just make the the experience all the better yeah and again not big multiplayer stuff but yes let me just i understand what you're saying somewhat like a closed multiplayer with your friends yeah i feel like yeah. that is a hard thing to balance right now i think it's kind uh, of a I'll... lost art I think it, and I'm going to bring up an old way too um, remastered game of Skyrim, right? Yeah. Had Skyrim come in and then allowed you to play, like, I don't know, again, I don't know how it would work. I don't, I'm not going to say I know how you could do any of it. I know there's a mod for it, whatever. But if you could do Skyrim, like, multiplayer, just like me and, like, two other dudes going into the game and playing, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But. Yeah. I wouldn't want it to be multi. I like Elder Scrolls Online. I don't, yeah. I don't care for it. I yeah, didn't like that. I mean, I I get what you're saying. But yeah, I, it's a, a bit of a lost art. I think not a lot of people. I feel like games don't do it. As, I don't. I don't want to say they don't do it. I feel like games don't do it as much now. It's I either agree. You're by yourself, or you're with everybody else, or with your you're with everyone. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a bit of a lost art. Which hopefully. So. This will. Uh, I'll, I'll give. I don't expect it to happen, but I'll give hope that they. I got my fingers crossed. Dabble with that. Uh, well, Safi, you. I believe you have another riddle for us this week. Is that I. Correct? I do have another riddle for you. And this one's going to be an interesting one. I'd like to say. All right, lay lay it on us, Safi. All right, so. The riddle this week is what English word has three consecutive double letters? Ah. I have an answer. If there's another answer out there, please. There could be multiple. That is true. There could be. Please, please at Pinzo on Twitter and we'll we'll do some comparisons the next time we, uh, next week when we get the answer to the riddle. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um. That's a good one. That, I, I feel like it's a little less of a riddle and more like a like a question, but I, I think it's a good one. Ah, I, think you it's know a, what? I think it's a brain thinker, nonetheless. They call it a riddle. I'm just going to go with it. I, I'm going to go with it, too. Um, so anyone with answers to Safi's riddle can, of course, at me on Twitter, at PinzoDunzo on Twitter, and we will see what you guys come up with throughout the week. But that is, that's it for us today. So, Safi, do you have anything else, Safi? Uh, I think the only other the only other thing I'd have is I'm curious to know if there's other answers to the riddle. Right, that, that, I want to know how the many there thing. are. Come um, up, come up with than, some. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything else. All right. Well, so that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Nerd Hub Podcast. We will be back on Monday next week, so don't fret. Our schedule will, will return to normal, and it will be super fun. So make sure you like and subscribe or follow or click whatever button is on whatever place you're listening to us from. And we appreciate it. So that's it for us this week. I, of course, am Pinzo. And I've been Safi. And this episode is Dunzo, I guess. 
and we will Wait see you guys next week. No, as always, that was all right. Bye, everybody.